Welcome to the Ignite Church Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We pray that this message will bring you hope and ignite your faith. Now lean in and enjoy the message. Good morning, church. How are you guys doing today? Once again, happy Father's Day to all the amazing dads and fathers out there. Today is a special day. It's the day we opened our doors once again to meet in person to worship Jesus. How many enjoyed the worship? Wasn't it amazing? You know, that song that we just sang about the blessing, I love that because sometimes we forget that God is actually for us. He is for us. Say with me, God is for me. Come on, say it together. God is for me. If you're home watching this, say that also in your home. God is for me. You know, sometimes we just need to uh, have the, to go to that, to do, that uh, go-to song. How many have like a go-to song? You know, like every time you're going through a hardship or it might be one of your favorite songs or it might be a very passionate song that you actually lean on. How many of you have a go-to song? Anybody here have a go-to song, you know? Probably it's, uh, I don't know, don't stop. No, I'm just kidding. I can't sing that right now. But I have a go-to song. It's, a, it's an oldie that we used to sing in youth group. It's called How He Loves Us. And that's one of my go-to songs. I have many go-to songs. But how many remember that song that says, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. And the song just goes, he loves. You know, sometimes we just need to be reminded how much God loves us. And probably today that's all you needed to be reminded this morning. That God loves you. That he hasn't given up on you. That he's still for you. You know, the Bible says that God is actually working things out for your good. That we might not see it right now with our physical eyes in the present, but God is actually orchestrating something powerful, precious to show you one day very soon and say, voila, here I have everything. All this hardship you went through, all this pain you went through was because I have this special thing in store for you. How many say amen to that? Amen. As I was getting ready for today's service, um, I was reminded of last year's Father's Service and uh, Father's Day service. And actually, it wasn't a good memory because we had prepared this great feast. We had gotten hot dogs and a bunch of good food, which today, unfortunately, due to social distancing, we can't do. But we had prepared all this amazing food. And guess what happened? It rained. It rained so much. I'm literally saying that there was... The outside patio was flooded. That's how much it rained. It rained horribly. And I remember that I preached a word. It actually was going through my notes, right? And as I was going through my notes, I found the word that I preached last year. And guess what? I'm going to preach it again this year. Because I believe that it's so evident for what we are facing today in society and in the world today. And it, it, there's not, it's nothing else but just talking about the Holy Spirit of God. How many need more of Holy Spirit in this morning? How many need more Holy Spirit at home? How many need more Holy Spirit at work? How many believe we need the Holy Spirit in the world today, right? For many of us, you might say, well, who is the Holy Spirit? I'll give you a couple things. Well, the Holy Spirit, for many of us that we were raised or born in the church, sometimes we forget the importance of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is one, there's, a, a, the Godhead is one and only one. It exists in three persons, is equal and eternal, worthy of equal praise and worship, distinct yet acting in unity, constituting in the one true God of the Bible. And sometimes we just think about God the Father or God the Son. 
And we forget about God, the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something, church. If you need comfort today, you need God, the Holy Spirit. If you need healing today, you need God, the Holy Spirit. If you want to see change in America today, it's called God, the Holy Spirit. If you, the person who intercedes in you, through you, is called God, the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's so important that as a church, we remember and remind ourselves the importance of seeking God's presence. I'm not saying to seek God, the Holy Spirit and I see God the Father and God the Son. They're one. But it's the importance of recognizing the Holy Spirit in your life. You see, Jesus said it like this in John 14, verse 6, 16 to 17. He says, and I will ask the Father. Say with me, the Father. Today is Father's Day. The Father plays an important role. I'm going to be talking about that in a couple of minutes. Fathers are important to society. Fathers are important to the family nucleus. Fathers are important Period. The Bible talks about God being a father. And he bestows this authority. He bestows this opportunity, this privilege, and this honor upon men to be fathers. Now, if you're not a father today, don't feel out of place. You're still important to God. And this message is for everyone. Father, mother, uh, not father or not mother. It's for everyone. Listen to this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. I love this. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it does not see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Have you ever been in a situation that you're trying to speak to someone about what God is doing in your life and yet they don't understand they're like huh? God who he still exists I've been in situations like that even with Christians they're like nah but you don't believe that right well if I preach it I do believe it right it'll be sad if I preach about the Holy Spirit and I don't believe in the Holy Spirit but there's, in America today and in the world, there's people even within the church that don't even believe in the Holy Spirit. And here Jesus is saying, I'm going to ask the Father that he will give you another counselor that will be with you forever. And I love this. The world is unable to receive him because they don't see him and they don't know him. But you, say with me, me, I know him because he's not only with me, but he's in me. That's a beautiful thing about our God. See, the difference between our God and the lowercase g gods of this world is that those gods, you have to go visit them. Our God comes and visits us. Our God makes home in us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is an important figure throughout the Bible. In Genesis 1-2, he's moving across the faces of the earth, the surfaces of the water. In Revelations, the last book of the Bible, Revelations 22-17, he and the bride cry with one voice, meaning he and us cry to God with one voice. See, so from the beginning to the end, the Holy Spirit has always been active. In the beginning, it's creating, and at the end of the story, it's tending to us. What do you mean tending to us? Well, he comforts us. He helps us. He guides us. How many of you need some guidance today? Amen. How many need some guidance today? Sometimes we just wake up in these times that we're living. We're like, what do I do? Where do I turn? I said this last week. Sometimes I'm praying at night and I'm like, I don't even know what to pray for anymore. Does that happen to you? You're like, what do I pray for? Well, listen to this. He guides us. He reminds us. He teaches us. He comes alongside us. He counsels us, and I love this. 
He intercedes and advocates for us. I need someone to advocate for me. I need someone to intercede for me. His name is the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30, it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Sometimes we're ignorant, or better yet said, we act ignorantly. And we do things because it feels right, or it seems right. But we don't realize that we're actually grieving God's Holy Spirit. And you may say, Pastor Eric, what do you mean by grieving God's Holy Spirit? Based on scripture, we find this in Ephesians chapter, 20, chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Look at the person next to you. The Bible says you're a member of that person. It doesn't matter if they're part of your family. It doesn't matter if you don't even know them. But if you're part of the body of Christ, the Bible says you're a member of one another. There's no distinction between each other. You're brothers and sisters in Christ. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your social status. It doesn't matter how much a sinner you are or how much of a saint you might think you are. You're a member of one another. Listen to this. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Now, how many of you came to church this morning angry? Raise your hand. Be honest. Shame the devil. Anybody came to church angry this morning? Okay, one person. Only one person was brave enough. Okay, how many of you had a, a little dispute before coming to church? Raise up your hand. Come on, be honest. Shame the devil. Nobody? Y'all saints in here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus could come for his church right now. No, but you know, the Bible says you could be angry, but don't sin. Meaning, anger could lead to actual sin. And don't let wrath, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Verse 28, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor. Working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Now, I want to stop there for a minute because I know that I've grieved the Holy Spirit in this area. I've grieved the Holy Spirit multiple times in this area. Especially in the times that we're living now, probably we let our anger lead us to sin. And we don't realize the words that we are saying with our mouths. We don't realize that instead of imparting grace, we're taking grace away. Instead of giving life, we're taking away life from individuals and from circumstances. And we don't realize this because we have let our mouths become corrupt because we have allowed circumstances and situations determine how we re react versus how we respond. Now the Holy Spirit still loves us. God still loves us, but he's grieved because he has so much more for us. And now it says this in verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, that word anger is there again, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Instead it says, and be kind to one another. How many believe we need kindness more than ever now today? I had a pastor in my life once that he was a very kind person. Um, very, 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 very kind. Too kind in my opinion. <laughs> you know, have you ever met somebody that's too kind? You're like, why are you so kind? Like, what do you want? Like, stop being so kind. But we live in a society today that if someone's kind to you, you think in the back of your head that they must be after something. They want something. Like, don't be kind to me. But the Bible says be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. 
forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I believe that as a church, we need to be kind. I'm not saying to be stupid. I'm saying to be kind. There's a difference when you allow someone to just step all over you and when you actually be kind. But it says this, be tenderhearted. If we're not careful, this pandemic can make us hard-hearted. Can we give us a heart of stone, creating us a heart of stone that we start, instead of being kind and loving, we start becoming hateful and allowing our anger to turn into sin. Instead of imparting grace with our words and salting the earth like the Bible says and being the light of the world, we start being like darkness. And instead of being salty and leading people to Jesus, we become salty that people don't want Jesus. So we got to check ourselves. We got to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ, as God in Christ forgave us. The Apostle Paul was trying to teach the church of Ephesus on the importance of valuing the Holy Spirit of God, but also acknowledging that our actions can grieve the Holy Spirit. And you may say, Pastor Eric, how do I grieve the Holy Spirit? Come on, tell me. How do I grieve the Holy Spirit? I'll show you a couple of things. When you don't speak truth. When you don't speak truth, you, you, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, this is, not a, this is not a preaching of condemnation. This is a preaching of recognition. Of recognizing the areas that we need God to work in our lives of recognizing the Holy Spirit. When anger leads to sin, when we live our lives doing the things of the former man before knowing Jesus, when we hold back from giving and fulfilling a need, and when our words are corrupt and do not impart grace. See, it's very easy to say this. Well, Pastor Rick, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. But it's a whole different thing to say, hey, I'm not perfect, but I want to I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to start changing things in my life. See, the difference is that one person is trying to justify their actions while the other is recognizing that the Holy Spirit is present indeed in their lives. And they're trying to learn to change their lives in order to honor the Holy Spirit. I wrote this in bold letters in my notes. It says, a gospel that doesn't lead to change is not a gospel at all. It's just a flat gospel. Without the Holy Spirit, it's just a flat gospel. There is no life change. There is no power. The gospel of Jesus Christ is one of power. For it is the Holy Spirit that convicts our hearts. And is the Holy Spirit that leads us to repentance. I can't convict someone. I could condemn someone with my words. But only the Holy Spirit could convict someone. Because when you're convicted, what is it? It leads you to repentance. In verse 31, it says, let all bitterness, wrath, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. We all want to see a change, and we all want to live godly lives. But are we willing today to recognize, honor, and please the Holy Spirit? Think about that. Are we willing to recognize, to honor, and please the Holy Spirit? This requires that we recognize that the Holy Spirit is present not only within these four walls that thank God we're able to come on Sunday morning from now on. But also that the Holy Spirit is present in our home, in our job, in our car, in our conversations, in our text messages, in our Facebook posts. The Holy Spirit is present in our Instagram feeds. The Holy Spirit is present everywhere. So we need to ask ourselves, am I pleasing the Holy Spirit? 
If this, is this what I'm saying, pleasing the Holy Spirit? Is this what I'm posting, pleasing the Holy Spirit? Am I giving, imparting grace or am I imparting shame and hate or anger? Is my anger leading to sin or am I angry and I'm going to get over it because I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help me with my anger? Our world has changed in the past three months or so. Before March, everything kind of felt like in order. We have felt like there was an aim for 2020. And today, although we're trying to get back on track and have a vision for the remainder of the year and for what comes, it feels, if I'm being honest with you, it feels like we're like waves. How many of you love the ocean? Anybody here love the ocean? I love the ocean, you know. But when it's too choppy, when I'm out there in the boat and it's too choppy, I don't like the ocean. Because my stomach doesn't like the ocean. You get me, right? I, I love the ocean. I think it's a beautiful creation of God. I love it. It's a, it amazes me. But sometimes we are like the waves. What do I mean by that? Our lives are not constant or consistent in what we believed in yesterday. And it feels like we're the waves. We come and go. We come and go. Today we want to please God. Tomorrow we forget about it. Today we want to honor the Holy Spirit. Tomorrow we forget about it. And it feels like we're just like these waves that come and go. How about today we say, God, help me start being consistent. Help me stop being like the waves. The Bible says that a person of double-minded is like the waves that come and go. I don't want to be double-minded. I want to be of one mind. I want to be the mind of Jesus Christ. See, what happens when we ignore the Holy Spirit, I believe is what's happening today in America. If you don't believe me, this is not a political message. Accidentally, I don't know if it's accidentally or God incidentally that this message came up and I and I reread this message because I believe that is evident for today. Not, this is not a political message. This is not about anything. This is about God today. This is about what God wants to speak to the church. Listen to what it says in James chapter 4. If you don't believe me, this is what happens when we ignore the Holy Spirit. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from the desires for your pleasures that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Verse 3. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteress, do, not, do you not know that friendship with the world is an enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And listen to verse 5. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain that the spirit who dwells in, you, in us yearns jealously? Yearns jealously. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Powerful scripture. When I read that yesterday, I was like, wow. The book of James has a clear definition of what goes on when we're ignorant or act selfishly by not recognizing the Holy Spirit of God. See, the Holy Spirit of God was given to you and me, not just for the seal, the day of redemption, but also to act, to be actively living in us and longing for a relationship, like it says, yearns jealously if we want to deepen our relationship with God and get to know him better we need to be conscious and intentional with our relationship by recognizing and honoring the Holy Spirit there's no doubt that a church filled with the Holy Spirit should be the norm 
There's no doubt that a church filled with the Holy Spirit should be the norm. Jesus knew this. And that's why he told his disciples before he left, he says, you shall receive what? Power. Everyone wants power today. I got the power. Remember that song, right? What was it, 80s, 90s? Nobody remembers? Now y'all Christian, you don't remember that song. Come on, you know that's in your playlist on Amazon or, or come on, you know. I think it's an 80s song. Nevertheless, everybody today wants power. Everybody wants to be heard. Yet the Holy Spirit says, God, Jesus said this, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, say with me, Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. But what should you receive power? So that you should be my witnesses in all Judea, in Samaria, in Jerusalem, and to the ends of the earth. That's what the power is for. So when you're talking to someone about life change, they could see that life change in you. That it's not you. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Before you used to be angry and mad and, and, and all that time and God now makes you a joyful person. Before you didn't know how to, the words that came out of your mouth were just condemnation but now they're giving grace. Before you were a stone hearted, cold hearted individual but today you have a tender heart to love people no matter what. How, what they do to you, what circumstances you may be. Why? Because it is the work of the Holy Spirit. Today I want to talk to the parents, to the fathers exactly, to all the dads here, the fathers here that are, are here present or watching online let me ask you a question what do you exist for I'm a young dad as you can notice I don't know how to dress up as a dad that tells you a lot of my experience I'm a very young dad I've only been a dad for four years well it's going to be four years now in November but I asked myself this question what is the purpose of a dad what is the meaning of a father Today in the world, more than a quarter of the men in the United States, that's 121 million men, are fathers of at least one child under the age of 18. That does not consider those who are older than 18. But listen to this, 19.7 million children, that's more than one in four live without a father in the home. Consequently, there is a father factor. In nearly all of societal ills facing America today, research shows when a child is raised in a father absent home, he or she is affected in the following ways. And I want to share this with you. When the father is not present at home, children are four times greater risk of poverty, are more likely to have behavioral problems. They have two times greater risk of infant mortality. More likely to go to prison. More likely to commit a crime. Seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen. More likely to face abuse and neglect. More likely to abuse of drugs and alcohol. They are, they are two times more likely to suffer obesity. And two times more likely to drop out of high school. And I could go on with a list and list and list of negative things of when a dad is, ab ab uh, when a dad is absent from home. So why do I share this with you? Jesus understood the importance about being present. See God the Father understood this too and that's why he didn't leave us as orphans. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit of God. 
Jesus said it. I am going to the Father, but God the Father is going to send you a great counselor that will be with you forever. He understood the importance about being present in our lives. Now the question is, do we value his presence? That's a whole separate conversation altogether. But let me go back to the dads here, or the dads that are watching. To the fathers. What is your purpose? What is your purpose? In my little bit of years of experience of being a dad, I came up with what I call the four P's of purpose for a dad. P number one, if you're taking notes, present. A father has to be present. A father has to be present. He has to be present physically. He has to be present emotionally. He has to be present spiritually. See, as a dad, as a father, God called you to be present in your relationship with your children. It's not just about saying, well, I take care of them or I supply them all their needs. No, it's about being present. Because these statistics that I just read was because the father was not present at home. And I don't know about you, but I don't want my children to be one of those statistics. I don't want my child to go out there and say that they have a dad, but they don't know their dad because their dad is never present. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be everywhere where they're at. It means that you have to be involved in their lives. It's being present in their lives. Being present physically, emotionally. You know, one of the hardest things as a dad is sometimes how do you relate emotionally to your children? How do you talk to your children without them feeling in a way that you are stepping on their boundaries but also knowing that you are being supported about their emotions that's something that we need to learn as dads we need to be present emotionally with our children a lot of women out there that have daddy issues you know that term daddy issues it's because dad was not emotionally present in their lives it was because dad was absent dad may have been physically present but emotionally absent we have to be spiritually present as Christians, God has called us not only to be the head of our household. And this is not about totalitarian or authority. This is about God authority. The Bible says that God placed the man as the authority over the house. And mothers that are single moms, well, in this case, you are the authority of the house. And God bless you for everything you do as a single mother. I, I, I applaud you. See, my dad that is no longer with us, my dad is, went to be with the Lord five years ago. He was physically present a lot of times, but he was also emotionally absent a lot of times. I used to, I get emotional when I talk about this. I used to hate my dad. I hated my dad because, and I think I've shared this before. I hated my dad because in school, when everyone would talk about their dad, they would say, oh, my dad's an engineer. Oh, my dad's a doctor or, or my dad's a teacher or whatever. You know kids all they get when they start talking about their dad. And what was I going to tell people about my dad? Oh, my dad's a gambler. My dad raised us gambling. That was his profession. While parents, while kids had their dad at home at night to tuck him in bed, my dad was somewhere gambling and would get home at 3 or 4 in the morning. But that doesn't make him less of a dad. He was still my dad. See, I didn't choose him. God chose him for me. And God needed to work in me through the Holy Spirit to recognize that that was a dad figure God placed in my life. And when I came to know Jesus and I had an encounter with him, because you could know, you could have, you could be saved, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have an encounter with Jesus. 
You can say, Jesus, come into my heart, make you the Lord and Savior of my life, amen, amen, amen. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a real encounter with Jesus. It's when you allow the Holy Spirit to start knocking those doors and opening those doors that you are hiding because you are ashamed, like I was ashamed, that the Holy Spirit starts working. And I forgave my dad. And from that day on, a beautiful relationship started. My dad went to be with the Lord. For those of you who don't know the story, five years ago, he, we discovered he had carcinoma, lymphoma carcinoma, and he had a stroke, and my dad just faded away in less than 50 days. And it was hard for me. I think about my dad every single day because my son reminds me of my dad. My daughter reminds me of my dad. But listen to this. P number two, which is what I'm talking about. As a father, you're called to provide. You're called to provide financially, but also you're called to provide comfort. You need to provide comfort. Your children need you. It doesn't matter if they're 20, 30, 40, 50. If they're still around, they need you. Our dad job doesn't end when they leave the house. I wish it did, but it doesn't. <laughs> Our dad job continues. Because you probably have a 40-year-old baby still stuck in your basement. Or you have a 40-year-old that is married and keeps on crying, right? Dad job doesn't end. It continues. You're called to provide financially. You're called to provide comfort. But also you're called to provide love. And I know for the older gentlemen here or those watching online, probably you suffered a lot. You went through a lot when you were younger with your dad. And you might say, man, I don't know how to relate or, or, or show that love, ask God. He's the ultimate father. He knows how to show us how to love. There's times that I, I, I want to discipline my son and show him love at the same time, and it just, I don't know how to do it. So I need to ask God, help me. P number three, you're called to protect. You're called to protect your children. You're called to protect them from anything or anyone that may try to calm and harm them. But also you're called to protect them, not only physically, but spiritually. You're called to pray for them. Did you know that your prayer has power? Did you know as a dad, you could get on your knees and pray for your children. And your prayer really causes a change in the atmosphere. Amen. It really, it goes beyond the boundaries of what man could do physically and change people's lives. Amen. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, which is one that I want to put a little bit of emphasis here today, is your call to promote. Your call to promote. You know, as I've seen it growing up, and, and, and sometimes I see that dads, all they think that they have to be is that figure, that, that stiff neck figure at home where you have to obey me. You know, it's what I say or it's the highway, and uh, I'm only here to be an example and provide as your mother's the one that has to promote your mother's the one that has to show emotions your mother wrong because who do we start talking about when we started this preaching it was called God the Holy Spirit and who does the Holy what does the Holy Spirit do he comforts he guides and he also promotes so I ask you parents today dad you're called to promote in everything Promote your child. When I was younger, you see, even though my dad, I say that, you know, he was absent a lot of the times emotionally. And he was doing his thing and we forgave and etc. There was one thing I loved about my dad and I love it still today.
My dad always saw the good in me. He never thought I could do wrong. Not even as an older person, he thought I could do wrong. You could ask my, my siblings. They probably hate me because of that. Because <laughs> I'm daddy's little boy, right? I could never do wrong. But my dad would always tell me, you could do it. I believe in you. When I would tell him, hey, dad, I did this. And he says, of course you did. Why wouldn't you? Dad, I accomplished this. Of course you did. Why wouldn't you? He never said, said oh, wow, I never thought you could do that. You need to promote your children. You need to see the God gift in them and help them achieve the God gift. Help them move forward in that God gifting. Move them and push them. Push them with love so that they could achieve what God has called them to achieve. You need to promote your children in everything. And I want to close this message today. I want to ask everybody to stand up as we close today's message. I'm sorry for being a crybaby. I want to do something different in today's message. We're going to sing a song in a couple of minutes. And the song actually says, yes, I will. But I want to encourage you, everyone here, moms, dads, siblings, children, everyone, those here and those watching online. How about we take today this song and instead of singing the lyrics, how about if we make it a declaration over our lives? Say, yes, I will honor the Holy Spirit. I will recognize Him in my life today and every day. And for the dads today, I remind you of the four Ps. How about if we say, yes, I will be present. I will provide. I will protect. And I will promote my children as I recognize the Holy Spirit today and every day in my life. I'm going to come back to pray with you guys together. But... As we continue in worship, would you close your eyes right there and just feel free to lift up your hands. There are areas that the Holy Spirit has been wanting to work in you. Why don't you just welcome Him and start recognizing Him today and let Him do what only He can do in your life. At Ignite, we count it a blessing to engage each week with supporters just like you. If you were blessed by today's word, subscribe to our podcast and share it with someone you know. We believe in spreading the message of Jesus like a wildfire. Thank you for your support and be sure to check us out on any of our social media platforms at Church Ignite. Until next time, be blessed and remember the best is yet to come.